Podcast fam, as many of you know, one important mission of our podcast is to serve as the bridge between UF students and the incredible community we have in Gainesville. And today we are joined by two amazing student leaders from Gator Electric Racing. We have Gabriella Vukai and Lawson Hutter. And guys, today in this episode, we dive into electric racing, COVID impact on the students, remote life in business. Do you open source your ideas or not? Of course, can't help having students on the show. We dive into social media, TikTok, and so much more. Enjoy the show. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go. Whoa! I am your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host is Michael Dees. What's going on, man? What's up, buddy? How are you? Dude, I'm so, like, we always have to do this, because, like, I'm in the present mind, like, the day of recording, which is uh, September 29th. The Lightning just won the Stanley Cup yesterday, and that's all I can think about. So today. you're, like, elated. I'm, like, yeah. You're, like, I'm, like, pumped. Euphoric. Especially because, like, last year, it was so miserable. So, like, I'm, I'm happy. I, I, wore my, I wore my jersey to bed last night. I wore it into work today. Like, I just, I didn't want to take it off, but it got a little warm. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's a nice, nice shirt too, man. Hey, yeah. The upper Lo- crust shirt, representing upper local crust. upper crust. Ben Goodzik, yeah. That was, a, that was one of my, feels like it was one of my first podcasts with you. Yeah. Uh, what, with yeah. Ben? Yeah. 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 Right on, man. Love upper crust. Look at this shirt. You like this shirt? That one's great too. Hey, everybody, just a reminder that you can pick up one of these amazing shirts. We did this collaboration with Caroline Staniski. Um, got the Gainesville, Florida logo that she made, and we're selling them on the website at whoagnv.com. Definitely go there and click shop and, and buy one of these because it supports her business and it supports our podcast. That's right. How many are left? They're uh, moving, yeah. They're moving, but I don't have a clue how many are left. <laughs> I'm like looking at Sarah like she's like, going to throw up mind. a number or something. You're hearing this. You might want to get on it. But yeah, definitely uh, support the podcast. And we got to thank somebody else who supports the podcast. You guys know that we cannot do this without our incredible sponsors. So before we dive into today's episode, I have to give special thanks to the Rap Spot. Uh, we did a wonderful promo with them in the past. And and fun fact, everybody, they were actually our first sponsor. So just, mad, yeah, aw, memories. Uh, so mad love to the Rap Spot for your support. Uh, you guys, if you want your business to be seen when you're out on the road, there's no better way to show off that brand than by wrapping your vehicle. Uh, when businesses have a wrapped vehicle in the neighborhood or going in and around campus, everyone immediately knows who it is, right? You like see it, you're like, oh, dude, I know who that is. And uh, it serves as advertising and safety. Uh, I guarantee that as a business owner, you'll start to receive texts. You know, we like at the vehicle wrap, you start to receive texts from everybody, all your friends are like, whoa, check it out. There's, there's so-and-so. Um, so definitely, you know, it's, it's one of those things that just always brings a smile to your face, right? Uh, so you guys, you gotta drive anyway, so you might as well be advertising, wrap those vehicles, expose your business to everyone in Gainesville and the surrounding area with a beautiful wrap from The Wrap Spot. Call the team at The Wrap Spot at 352-872-5363. And when you do, ask for Garrick and tell him that bald is beautiful. <laughs> That's from me, Garrick, I threw that in. I know that wasn't part of the Maybe deal. Maybe a discount code <laughs> if you say that or something. <laughs> uh, but no, Garrick is a fabulous supporter of ours and just does some incredible work over at the Sign Universe and the Rap Spot. So you guys support Garrick Crocker and the crew over there. And uh, just, you know, thank you guys so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. So, Michael, are you ready to get into today's show? Dude, I'm so excited. Yeah? Because I have no idea what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Me neither, but that's what makes it so much fun. You guys, today on the show, we have two student leaders from Gator Electric Racing, an engineering design team at the University of Florida, the now number six university. <laughs> Moving on up. <laughs> Moving on up. You know, when we started this, what, we were number eight? Right, that's right. And then it was number Whatever seven, you. number six. But I mean, dude, five more years, it's going to be number one, baby. Um, so <laughs> I should keep going with this whole thing though. <laughs> uh, so today, Gabrielle Vukai is the vice president and Lo- and Lawson Hutter is an electrical lead on the team. Guys, welcome to our show. Thank you for bringing us on here. Yeah, we're super excited to have you and we love to uh, just like really we like to start and just dive into, you know, a little bit of your story and like with this specifically, like what really kind of brought you to the University of Florida? 
So Gabrielle, you wanna start you wanna start us off? Definitely. So with the University of Florida, I started um, four years ago and I didn't really know much about the Gators. I wasn't into sports, but I did know that it was the University of Florida and it was a few hours away from my home, which is in South Florida. And um, they were really good with their finance program. And I know that they also had a psychology program as well. And they provided a lot of uh, sponsorships for first generation students, such as um, funding opportunities and like really um, like giving them the resources to be successful. So that's what primarily was the reason why I decided to join here. Okay, so what other schools did you apply to? Were there others? <laughs> yes, so my other top choice would have been Fordham, but, um, and that's a private business school in New York, but they just didn't provide a lot of opportunities for first-gen students, and I think looking back at it now, I don't think they also had enough involvement too, because I think the student experience isn't only like the classes you take, but also like how you apply it outside of the classroom. So I really appreciate that you have provided that. Awesome, and what year are you? I'm a fourth year. Okay, so wrapping up. Uh, um, kind of, kinda, I have a year and a half left. So. You're okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> right on. So cool, Lawson, how about you, man? Um, I always wanted to go to UF. It wasn't for like sports or anything, mainly mainly because of the FSAE, like the organization that we're a part of or stem from. Um, I heard about, uh, through like a high school internship, I met someone that had a bunch of kids that worked for SpaceX. And that sounds like an awesome place to work. And I really w would like to end up there one day. So he uh, let me know that all his kids went to UF. So already that was a good spot to be to get there. And then FSAE on top of that, which now Gator Motorsports and Gator Electric Racing. Cool, so where are each of you guys from? I'm from South Florida, where Delray Beach is. Okay, and you? Orlando. Okay, so you guys are local, at least into the Florida. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Um, so why don't you guys tell us a little bit like about this program, right? So, cause mm -hmm. like I said, uh, it's the, the name of the program is Gator Electric Racing. Yes. And uh, how long has that program been around? So it was started last year and basically with um, SAE, in their Europe division, they no longer are allowing um, like the normal combustion engines to be run in their competition, and it's fully electric. So now we wanted to make sure that we're ahead of the curve in case it starts in the United States where they um, transition to a fully electric um, competition as well. Very interesting. What does FASE stand for? Uh, for those listeners that maybe don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Formula Society of Automotive Engineers. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> like sometimes you just get over here and start nodding. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh totally. Totally get those nanobite sub <laughs> I try to think of the stuff that they talk about back here sometimes or right. the mechanics are, you know, talking about some I don't know, torque setting and I'm like <laughs> I'm like, Yep. Got it. Completely understand. I'm sure they're uh, the same way when you start talking about TikTok to them. So. <laughs> uh, we should totally get into TikTok. Oh, I'm sure we will. Uh, so, uh, so I mean, why why did you guys want to be involved with this? Like, why did like what attracted you? To, did you guys create this program or like I mean, because it's only a year old. So, how did you guys kind of get involved with the program? Did you want to start first? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I wouldn't say like I wasn't particularly involved with the creating it aspect, but it was formed out of um, a lot of members from Gator Motorsport, which I was a part of, which is just a similar team, but doing combustion engine. And so I would see the meetings because I'd be at the shop and they'd have meetings. And so I just started listening in. And then I saw there was a lot more fun electrical work for me to do. And so I kind of started transitioning in, picking up tasks and stuff, and uh, a lot of the people I liked from Gator Motorsport were some of the founding members of this, so it helped, just seemed like the place to go. Okay, cool. And so on my end, I actually wasn't planning to to um, be involved in it full time because I really enjoy consulting and like um, giving some tips and then kind of getting out of an organization. But um, when I started, I noticed that I was the only business student and that they had a lot to work on on the non-technical side, such as branding, PR, marketing, um, finance, and all of that together. So um, I decided to join in full-time so I could really help them build that from the foundation. And so they'll have a sustainable model to continue with years moving forward. Okay, so you're like the business <laughs> brains behind this whole thing, huh? 
Um, yes, I'd like to think so. <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds like this place. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I got the business mindset, but like, don't, don't ask me to work on any of that stuff. Like, exactly. I, don't, I don't know what any of that is. You guys have fun. Keep, <laughs> keep grinding away on those scooters, you know? Um, so very, very cool. Um, so t- why don't you tell, our, tell us a little bit about like what you want to do? Like, I know you said SpaceX would be an ultimate goal, but kind of what you want to do after you graduate. So for me, after I graduate, I'm really interested in joining the consulting industry because I love having um, challenges every day when I come into work. And actually this past summer, I interned at GE and um, you know, with everything that happened with Corona, they um, put me in a warehouse and basically said, find a situa- like a problem and solve it. And so I really enjoy that because that's a very consulting-esque thing. Like you have to understand what a problem is and then find not just like a solution, but the root cause of it and how it'll be implemented in years to come. And so I think in consulting, like you'll get to do that with a bunch of different companies. And then once it's implemented, you don't have to do the administrative work, you get to join into the next company. So that's what I really like about it. Okay, very cool. Also, how about you, man? Um, SpaceX, the ultimate thing, like that's, Definitely that industry. I mean, SpaceX looks like an awesome atmosphere, but there's a lot of companies in that industry that have pretty cool atmospheres too, like Blue Origin, um, a lot of different aerospace government contractors. Um, I definitely want to get into the workforce as soon as possible, so after I'm done with undergrad. um, And what year did you say you were? I'm a sophomore. Sophomore? Yeah. Okay, very cool, man. And uh, I mean, like when you, you know, I know that it said like you're the electrical lead. I mean, what does that really, what does that really mean? Like, what are you doing when it comes to the organization? Like, are you in the engineering, like hands-on part of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it's not, it, do, it sounds more administrative than it is. It's more of just because I've gotten access to like, say some of the software we use or like some of the tasks that we're doing a little earlier than some of the new members we have now, just helping guide them in the right direction and then picking up some of the bigger tasks that need like a more senior member so okay very cool um so you know one of the opportunities that i think we really have here uh is the fact that this podcast is very niche to a local gainesville audience and um a business audience at that one of the main missions that mike and i have with this podcast is really to uh is to really connect students to the businesses here, right? Like there's so much, we see so much you know, opportunity because there's so many students who, they come to the University of Florida and they really don't get exposed to our business community. They don't really get involved with the business community. So I'm just really kind of interested as to maybe like what your thoughts of like ways we could as a, either as a podcast or as just businesses that are listening, like what are some ways that we could really start to, uh, you know, impact you guys as, as students and, you know, as an amazing organization doing some pretty incredible stuff, working on some incredible projects. Like what can we do to support you guys? What can we do to get you more involved with the local community here? Okay, definitely. So I have kind of a two part answer to that kind of like, um, for students specifically and then for GER. So for students specifically, I know that we have the hub and it has a lot of local businesses, but, um, a lot of students don't really know the opportunities that they have. Um, and I think it'd be really nice to have like maybe um, a networking event with the CCC and for students to learn the opportunities that they have over there. Um, but on the GER side, I would say um, finding ways to possibly help expose us to the audience or like to the Gainesville audience, um, really helping us on that um, end because we are looking for sponsors, but it doesn't only have to be in terms of monetary support, but also with materials or even just leaving a tip jar or asking um, your customers if they would like to round up and then it would go to um, funding the vehicle. So, but there are many ways. And for example, this is another way of how um, you could support us because you're enabling us to, um, I guess, spread our message to the businesses around Gainesville. Cool. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, It's probably very hard right now with the Corona stuff going on to get involved, say like on campus for a small business around here. But I think specifically with design teams like ours, like we have very, very competitive engineers coming out of it. And students that say if you sponsored software or sponsored like certain tools that like you could kind of start influencing these engineers into a pathway that leads directly to your business. Like if you say come up with a new CAD software in the local area 
and sponsor it to a team. They'll all graduate knowing how to use it. They're all very competitive. It seems like it's more than a one-way street of just like sponsor the team and then the team does what with your money, but you get very good engineers out of it that are already going towards your direction, I think. What are you guys like working on? Okay, so I'll take that on. <laughs> <laughs> like are you like building like a race car in there? Like what are you like what are you doing? So for the non-technical side, I'm currently working on the um, corporate sponsorship aspect and branding. So we really have a strong way to, um, not only for this year, but the years to come once we actually do get into the competition that the Gainesville community knows who we are, as well as we have like a sustainable framework on continuing this development of the design because it's not only um, securing funds to make the physical vehicle, but also making sure that we make it safely so like if we just bought all the material and said, okay, let's, let's put it all together, that's probably not the best because we'll have someone actually driving it. And if it blows up in flames, that would not be good on our end. Um, but would you like to discuss the more technical yeah, aspect of us? We're definitely heavily into design phase right now because we're still a newer team. And so we're on kind of a two year track to get a car on the road and get a car into competition. So right now everything's focused on like the accumulator which is like the battery and the immediate surrounding parts, like any sort of like charging or discharging of the battery and where that goes and all that stuff put together. So it's a lot of 3D modeling, a lot of circuit board work for like sensors. Like something I worked on, we had to get temperature data from all the cells to make sure that nothing's getting hot or dangerous. Um, I'm working on a cooling thing today for a cooling PCB, a printed circuit board. I was working on designing that today and a couple other um, circuit board parts that go immediately onto that battery pack. So, how much time like are you investing into it? Is this like something you do like one day a week, or is it like all the time? Like, it's definitely a very time-consuming thing. I know it's different with the Corona thing because it, I don't. It's harder to quantify because I'll spend like an hour here, an hour there. Yeah, it's kind of spread out everywhere. Last year when I was involved, I would be like pretty much every day after I was done with my classes from like six to ten or seven to ten, I'd be in the shop. Um, either on my computer or working on stuff, like learning something, you know, talking to people. So it it was like, say, 10 to 15 hours a week. And you were saying that you like, you compete, like are you com you're just competing with other schools, like everybody's building something and you actually like race them, like what, what's, mm -hmm. the, what's the competition aspect of it? So all the, so it's an international competition. So cars from all over the world are gonna get together under a certain set of rules. And then there's a variety of competitions. Like there's um, the main race that's like formula style left and right turns. And then there's um, other sections that we compete under. So like there'd be one where you have judges talk to the designers and figure out like how well you know the design, why'd you do it this way versus this way. And they really grill into you so that they can kind of get an idea of exactly how much everybody knows that's working on the project. Okay, so like how fast? How fast is the car? Yeah. So we're still very much in the design phase. So, but right now we're looking What's at. What's the goal? <laughs> so, I'm like, you know, I think. <laughs> have you ever done like the Andretti like racing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude! Like, you know, I'm thinking that. Like, dude, I got into that. I was like, man, this is like really hard stuff. And I, I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but that. This is what I'm kind of picturing. Is this? Am I on the right track, or is it like much bigger? Um, you know, in terms of a vehicle, or have you watched? Uh, so our. For the first question, we're aiming for a top speed of around 65. Okay. And that'll change based on the... Um, Which I do that a lot, by the way. Like, I'll ask one question <laughs> and then ask five more and forget the first question I asked. Yeah, totally. Uh, and th that fluctuates with, like, have you ever seen, like, on a race car, the flaps in the back? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that'll change slightly based on the positioning of the flaps. Okay. But, um, sorry, what was the, the second part of that question? So, like, I mean, I'm kind of picturing, like, I'm trying to kind of get a gauge as to, like, what it, what the vehicle looks like. I'm, it, you know, is this, like, a go-kart style, you know, vehicle, or are we talking, like, a full-on, like, vehicle? Full-on race car, like, form, okay, full-on race car. Formula One at all? Yeah, so we're talking that size. Uh, not, not the ones that are extremely long, just because I think they are under a different set of rules than ours. Ours okay. is a little shorter. But um, the style and the width and like other aspects of it are about the same. Okay, cool. I mean, people might hear me and be like, "Yeah, Colin, I know exactly what you're talking about," but I'm <laughs> trying to get a picture in my head. So that's re that's really really cool, man. So is there like you guys have been working on it for a year? Is there somebody like nationally that's kind of standing out, or maybe a couple 
rungs above already they've, they've researched something and you feel like that's who you're chasing um definitely on the design side we have looked a lot into other schools um wisconsin being one in particular um so there's definitely schools that are, are ahead of us just because we are still very much in the design phase whereas some schools have kind of a either a full design setup and everything like ready to go for for manufacturing or some schools already have a car or whatever the case may be have so, they just been working on it longer or yeah definitely okay. i mean we're, we're only really held back by the time we have a you know we have a lot of resources a lot of engineers so it's it's yeah really i don't like florida to lose in anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get there we'll win we'll win, uh, we'll win. <laughs> so how many people compete uh i don't know the exact number but it's it's hundreds amount. of schools really it's, it's a huge amount I mean, it's schools from all over the country. Like, I, I believe every major school um, in each state has a team for this, if not two or three schools in that state. So. Is there, like, a prize if you win? Or are you, like, getting the top three or something? There's a lot of notoriety with this club. Like, part, most of the reason I joined is, um, like, there's even... So I was applying to companies, like, all last week, and a lot of these companies, even in their qualifications, have, like, FSAE design team um, affiliation or work with an FSAE team. So, like... It just seems to have a ton of notoriety, and even at these competitions, businesses will come and look for students that know what they're talking about and offer them jobs. So it's the a lot of the prize, I guess, would be the opportunity to get to talk to some really really cool companies. Yeah. So no, for sure, especially as a yeah. student. I mean, it's like a solid resume builder for sure. Yeah. Um. So I mean, Gabby earlier, I mean, she talked about you know. You know, you don't want to test the vehicle and have it blow up on somebody. <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, um, you know, maybe they're. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like how we can really get our business audience involved, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe like, what if there was an opportunity for somebody like me or one of these companies to like drive this thing after it's been tested and we know it's not going to blow up, <laughs> Are of you course. Sure? <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, I don't know. It's just something like, that came to mind. I was like, well, let me let me spark some ideas here. Maybe we could like get so get yeah. some people drive it. I mean, who gets to drive the car? So it would be a student, but we do need to do practice rounds. So I guess that would be an opportunity as long as they feel safe, knowing that um, it's still in the drafts. Then yeah. How do we get the city of Gainesville to close down roads, though, so that we can like literally the have Gainesville a Gainesville Grand Prix? <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah, so awesome. <laughs> we should have a Grand Prix with scooters. Think about that, dude. Like, I am 50, thinking about that. <laughs> like closing down the roads, and having like fifty scooters like driving around this town. That'd be amazing. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm in with the electric scooter. Uh, very cool. Well, I mean, guys, this is like, I mean, it's super interesting stuff and just super proud of like what you guys are doing and representing UF. I mean, I'm right there with Mike. We absolutely want to win. So you guys got to <laughs> like crush yeah. him. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, about school in like 2020, right? It's been such an interesting year. Mm -hmm. um, so how has, you know, you guys come in representing UF really well, wearing wearing the mask, making sure you're protected and keeping everybody else safe too. So we really appreciate that. Um, um, you know, for everybody who's listening, I'm like, oh, I want to speak clearly on the mic, and they volunteered to wear the mask. So I'm like, okay, well, you guys cool if I don't? <laughs> they said yes, graciously. So, um, but you know, you know, what's talk to us about school? You know, like what's this year been like? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. this has been a crazy thing, right? I mean, any any interesting thing? What do you guys think about how UF's handled it? You know, any impact to you guys in terms of you know your scheduling and that kind of thing? Yeah, so to start off with like, um, kind of like, I guess my classes, so I only have one in-person class and I'm so very grateful for it because I have one time that I get to like go somewhere that's not the library or Publix. Um, but it's just like weird because you'd never imagine having to sit like three seats away from someone and wearing a mask and I'm a snacker. So like I can't like eat peaches during my lecture and that's devastating <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> but um, it's just, very, I didn't realize how much I'd appreciate the in-person model mm -hmm. because um, at least when I watch it online, like I'll either, if it's like, if I'm watching it live, I'll go on like my phone or I'll just be lying down in bed when in reality that's not the good way to do it and I'm trying to implement better strategies. Um, or even if I watch it like not live, I'll put it on 2.0 speed, but still take more time to watch it than it actually lasted. Uh, but I do really like the way that UF is handling it. I think that they have 
excellent policies in place. Even in the library, there's hand sanitizing stations everywhere. And I think they're doing a really good job with that. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, just hearing you talk about some of that stuff, I don't know if I told you, but I, I spoke in a social media class last night. Mm. And, you know, of course, it was kind of cool because normally I'm going to UF to speak and I got to do this one via Zoom from my little home studio that I created, right? So I'm like on Zoom, I got the virtual background right. with the scooters in the background, I mean, it was legit. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because I'm like, I'm like cracking jokes and I'm getting like super disappointed that nobody's laughing. <laughs> and I just realized that everybody's like on, on mute. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh man, this is not good. I was like, I'm bombing like crazy right now. And then really it was just like, everybody was on mute, but everybody was kind of like, you see it in the background, I'm like asking questions and it's just like, oh, the, I'm like, oh, the head nods of 2020. Cause everybody, I'm like, can you hear me? And I'm like, <laughs> anyway. Zoom, there you go. <laughs> uh, but Lawson, what about you, man? Like, how's your school year been? Uh, it's been okay. I can't speak to, I mean, I think UF's doing a good job. Just, I'm not an expert opinion on that, so I don't know what could be better or worse, but I would love to see more in-person classes. Yeah, I, would, I mean, it's super tough, right? I mean, yeah. trying to keep everybody safe and trying to navigate this entire thing. Like, I mean, as crazy as it is, my, my my mind instantly goes into like if I were a student missing out on football, I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, classes I can do online. I mean, I was already doing that. I was like setting my VCR back in my day, <laughs> setting my VCR to record my business classes so I could watch them. Uh, of course, we couldn't really watch them on two times the speed then. And, but, and for our listening audience, what's, what's a VCR? Yeah, so that's a <laughs> video cassette recorder, and you would have to like set it to like record at a specific time, and the classes showed up on Cox Cable. Channel five. Sarah's looking at me like I'm freaking crazy, and I'm not even that old. Guys, <laughs> like I'm 38 years old, man, and it wasn't that long ago. It really <laughs> uh, but man, those were uh, you know interesting times to see how things have changed. I even used to have you could watch classes on the internet, but the the little box was like it was like that big, mm -hmm. and you have to download it first. So do you think you'd have the discipline to cut it in 2020 Zoom? remote learning world? Uh, well, it's weird, right? Because if I understand this correctly, like the students have to show up to class at the scheduled time. It's not like you can't watch the recording or does it depend on the class? Or Yeah, it depends on the class. I, say, I hope so, because that's what our, our uh, staff is telling us. <laughs> well, <laughs> can't come to work, I have to be in class, even though I'm not in okay. class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be weird to find out the truth on <laughs> right. the podcast and be like, listen, I know all you guys were lying to us. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, I don't know. Super interesting stuff, but like I can say, um, just with like, you know, the, the benefit of my time where we would just record all the classes on VCR is that I would binge watch my classes. Right? Like I would never like I would take the entire semester off and and the, right before the test like watch all, you know, I don't know, twelve hours of class or whatever it was, you know, it was a lot, but that's what we used to do. I don't think you I heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Gabriel. It's like I, I have to do the in-person thing. I don't think I have the discipline. Like even, I, I would, I would, I lived off campus all the time, but I would go to campus to go to the library because it's the only place I could study because I needed to be around other people that were studying. Otherwise, if I was sitting there at home, laying in bed or something, I was kidding myself. I was never going to get anything done. So I don't know that I'd be able to cut it in the remote world. <laughs> Business uh, is different. Yeah, but like student uh, being a student and having to like watch lectures and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be hard for me. Weird times. I mean, so how has COVID like really impacted the team? I mean, because are you guys able to get on it to like get it get together and like work on the vehicle? Uh, I mean, well, you're still in the design phase. You said right. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of it's still yeah. technically computer work at this point. Yeah, or? most of it's online anyways. So okay. we would be like going to the shop and then pulling out our computers. So it's really just. I mean, there's probably less accountability because we can't see people working or like we can't like communicate while we're working. So maybe questions that we have for one another don't get answered with the same speed, but mm -hmm. it's probably about the same. I, I missed being at the shop though. It was fun. Just like there's some crazy machinery there and it's just cool to be around like yeah. all this stuff going on. How many people are on the team? It, I don't, um, I would 
Gabby, I feel like the business person. <laughs> I know. Okay, know because like, we, you gotta like manage like the team, like Gabby. You gotta like really know who's in, like who's true. there. You know. Okay, so this it's is your responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just razzing you. So the reason why I say I don't know because we onboard um, a lot of students, but then they would have to um, complete a design challenge before they're officially a member. So, and then they would also have to um, attend meetings, but we have different types of meetings that different students um, attend. So when you have to add that all up, it would just really depend on the department. Okay. So it's it's also 30. hard. Oh, so you're testing yeah. people before they can get on the team? Yes. All right, what's that like? Um, so I think the design challenge isn't too much of a challenge. It should only take around one to two hours, but it's really to assess where they are on a technical basis. Um, because when they start adding designs to the to the car, we need to make sure that um, they're effective or that if they need more mentorship, then we can definitely provide that, but we need to know where they are first rather than um, giving them something and then they get overwhelmed because they don't even understand maybe like what a word means. So that's why we like to have that to just get that foundation of like what their understanding of EV is. Where's the mentorship coming from? Like other students or yes. it is um, upperclassmen students like um, leads such as Lawson gotcha going back to the test it's definitely not a test to be on the team it's more of like a aptitude yeah gotcha. like where, where you rank level yeah wise and it's yeah. it's not it's not I wouldn't even call it a test it's just kind of like um, something to get you thinking about just like seeing how you approach a problem. Call it a test. Tell them they're not good. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> oh, yes, to add on to that, we never just tell someone, no, you can't be on the team. We would say, okay, like um, from this, we noticed that um, maybe you need to do a little more research on um, this area, but we can give you the resources to learn more about it. We would never turn anyone away because we're, we're students. So like, that's the whole point. The whole point is learning right. and um, create like, adding on to our knowledge bases because none of us knew everything before we joined. It's like, um, you, you have to like fail a little to succeed in it. So like we completely understand that aspect. Um, and then to add on to your earlier question about having like everything virtual, I think um, that being in person also helps with having like a stronger team because um, with the accountability and you know, okay, like they're working at this time, so I wanna go see them and I wanna work on it at that time as well. So maybe like we can take a break and laugh a little too. So I think that's a little harder to do on a virtual environment. Yeah. So we have virtual shop hours where it's supposed to mirror that, where um, we all go on Zoom around like seven to nine and um, work on whatever item that we would normally work on in the shop. But it definitely isn't the same as being in person. It's super interesting that you say that because you know one of the topics that has come up a lot um, just because of COVID has been, has really been, you know, a remote life, like a remote work environment, right? And I've seen a lot of businesses, and this is actually, I wanna do a podcast on this, I really do. I wanna like bring, like have a specific like topic focused, maybe it's the next mastermind, but you know, just talking about the transition to remote life, because I've seen some businesses actually decide like, you know what? We're going, down their office we're going to space. close down our office space. We're going to avoid this overhead, this rent, and we're going to, you know, just Meet let at Starbucks once a week and yeah, then let everybody work remote. Assume the rest of it. So, I mean, what are your initial thoughts? Like, do you think that would actually work? I mean, I think it dep depends on the the employees and the staff and stuff like that. I think that's to some that plays perfectly fine and it'll apply to some of their strengths. And I think for some, just for the same reasons we talked about being students, like some people are going to be much more motivated much sharper whenever they can eliminate distractions and be like on, on site somewhere. Um, it's kind of hard to build culture, right? It's kind of like what you're mm -hmm. saying, like it's really hard to kind of build the camaraderie, like mm -hmm. the culture aspect when everybody's at home. Yeah, right? yeah, that, that part of it's definitely tough to visualize. Um, How about this? When you graduate, would you mm -hmm. want a complete remote position or would you want the camaraderie and the location and like this is where I go to work? So I would like a hybrid approach because at least over the summer that's what I got to do. Um, so if I had meetings I would go to the warehouse in person but if I just had to work on spreadsheets or something like that I wouldn't mind doing that at home. So it was a mix? Yeah. I mean uh, how much of a mix would you feel like it was like very 50-50? Oh no it was definitely like 80-20 I was because I like the warehouse? being in person. Yes. Okay. Uh, but was it more of like 
driven by your choice or mm-hmm. it was okay interesting how about you i'd have to be there you have to be there yeah unless like it was hands on i mean for at least like a normal work day i mean if there's like stuff that a meeting that has to happen like outside of normal times like of course we can do it on zoom or something but i need to be somewhere otherwise it's harder to focus yeah super interesting makes me wonder about how it would affect collaboration and stuff like that like do you just create a bunch of people that can work by themselves and and eliminate you know the ability to work in a group or you know with a cohort or something like that you know that that social aspect And, and when you talk about culture it's like okay well is it really important if everybody's kind of to the beat of their own drum and i know we would say yes it is important but if you're creating a lot of people or a lot of work that's done individually and that's how it shifts that's what would be interesting to kind of see yeah it seems like the direction that things are going like everything seems to shift online if it has room online and then i I could see this being a lasting effect of all this yeah but a lot of people are really starting to get zoomed out too Mm -hmm. like all this being on these zoom calls all the time like man like this is like so but like you said zoom fatigue (laughs) the rent and stuff i mean a, a business might just be like oh i didn't realize this was an option and now this is a cheaper option so yeah and people might not even have a choice when they come back to it that's where like a, something like a starter space or something like that might a model would be cool right? like say say we had a dealership and we we're just like renting out space for people to come in and have their weekly meeting or their you know bi-weekly meeting or whatever their whenever they're going to collaborate in person whenever they break out you know so it's like do you, do you have a space that you rent out to whomever wants to this is what happens. We have a podcast. Yeah, we, we become entrepreneurs. We, yeah, cr- we end up creating like an entire new business, like right here on the show. I'm wondering how we can rent out my office when I'm not there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. to add on, like the specialization aspect, like while that is important, when you're working on something individually, like it's nice to kind of um, ask the person next to you, like, do you think this is useful? Because sometimes, like, your decisions impact other departments, and so when you're doing everything individually. Um, you don't really get that collaboration aspect or like that different perspective to help um, improve your idea in ways that you may not have originally thought of before. I know that really helped me over the summer. Yeah, that's interesting. I want to I talk a little bit deeper about the, the project itself. Um, when, you, when you talk about researching things, are you, are you inventing technology? Are you, are you trying to invent new things? Or are you taking core concepts that already exist and wondering how they like would apply to uh, whatever the goals for the project are? Like, like what, what exactly does that research look like? Um, so creating new things is, is, I don't know how to elaborate on that because it, we might be using, we definitely use components that already exist. We're not like creating something new from the ground level, but we might be combining them in a way that hasn't been done before. Um, not in like a very revolutionary way, but in a way that gets us to understand what we're working with more. Because I mean, we are still students, so we're just, a lot of the research is just on systems that already exist or like um, parts of how a car works in a technical level, just like a lot of stuff that we- So does at. much translate from the combustion world to electric or is it pretty much like not, not translatable? Definitely a lot translates for the mechanical engineers. I mean, I'm electrical. Um, so like the there's a lot more stuff I have to do, but there's the old stuff definitely translates. But the like like F one uses stuff like uh, curves, like kinetic energy recovery. Is that like like processes, like things that already exist that you can sit sit there and kind of apply to to what you're working on? Yeah, that's a that's a really good example. So the mechanicals will work on a, a system like that, and then there's some integrated electronics with that. But um, that kind of stuff was like you know talked about or designed on the, on the old car that will directly translate so we'll talk to the guy that did it last year or the, or for whatever the system may be and then kind of bring it over or we'll find someone at another school who did it and then take, okay. like look at their design figure out how it works see if we can do it better more efficiently etc so i have two questions on that front one you said you you had a little bit of time in the motorsport world and you have like you know probably some friends is is that a competitive rivalry the the combustion versus electric thing or is it like combined passion of motorsport that you know you you find in common or what is that dynamic like it's interesting you say that i mean i we i don't get a sense of a competitive environment but it it may turn out that way when we start competing but as of now it's kind of just a lot of the members um, from the combustion engine team like coming over, so we're, it's all um, 
very friendly at okay. the moment. But once we start competing, it might be like a little more. <laughs> might be a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little deeper competition yeah. there. <laughs> it's an interesting question. In yeah. these competitions, will it be electric versus combustion, or is it only no. going to be class? No. You know, okay, I, no. I kind of figured that. So, what about the relationship between other universities? When you say you can, you know, maybe or it doesn't have to be a university, like you said, but like a, another program has developed this technology or you know rolled it out or whatever, applied it, and you're able to research that. Are, are those relationships friendly and collaborative or are they guarded, like, no, this is our secrets, like, you know? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of schools guard them pretty well because we don't have access to everything, but a lot of schools also just put it out. Um, I'm not really sure what the incentive is for them to just put out what they're doing, but we definitely take advantage of it to kind of further understand what we're working on. Okay. But that, that's always an interesting thing too. And, and we can talk about how that translates to a lot of different things about whether you're, you're hoarding knowledge or whether you're putting it out there. And that's what, what uh, Elon Musk has done with Tesla. A lot of them, I mean, he just yeah. put that stuff out there and there's, said, go. I mean, we're, we're doing it better than you can anyway, but go. <laughs> like, There's definitely people that just want to put stuff out. Like there's so much open source like software uh -huh. and like all kinds of just open source like inventions that people have that are, are just not patenting things just because, I mean, there's, I don't, I don't understand the incentive all that well, but there's definitely a lot of people that just feel, here you go, there's my idea, run with it. So you're yeah. the competitive one, you <laughs> I mean, if I came up with something real good, I would keep it locked away, Yeah, but interesting. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I would say, like, if I made something, especially as a student and other students were using it, I would kind of feel good, like, yeah, you need to, you know, you're learning from what I created, like, right. I would feel kind of like, great from that because then they could build something even more off of that and i think they recognize you know like we're all students they're not going to get money from what they publish um so it's really just like to help out other students and then maybe um if those students build something then they could build something off of that so i think maybe that like that collaborative aspect of it definitely depends on the environment like if i could, if i was in like some sort of groundbreaking research or um something that would help a lot of people then i would be more open to collaboration, but if it was like business idea or like drop out so, and privatize, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not encouraging that. <laughs> I mean, that's a super interesting question, though. I like it. I mean, and, and you're right, we see that all the time, especially you know, especially in this business when it comes to you know, like mechanics, and you know, like we want like a head mechanic, for example, to really invest into teaching their skill into everybody else around them, right? And and sometimes you see like in leadership or in, and it's not just mechanics, but like sales, I mean, anything. It's like, well, I'm like, I'm the best at this. I right, wanna, they like, want to protect wanna their pro value. I want to protect yeah. my value and not necessarily like give up. So it's, it's super interesting to see how it, you know, even comes into play in, in this situation. What, what would you do? I, I'm all about teaching everybody everything, yeah. Like, I mean, I think it, but ultimately I think kind of go, it kind of goes back to like what the idea is. Cause I think I've had several ideas where I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna execute on this. So like, let me just share it with the world. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Let me just put this idea out there. Maybe somebody can run with it. Uh, Cause I don't have time to do everything. But mm -hmm. if, if I'm like, if there's like an idea that I'm like super passionate about, I'm like, oh, like if I'm gonna do this and I know that I'm gonna go and start executing on it then I might hold on to it, at least for a little yeah. bit, you know, like, let me get this off the ground. <laughs> let me see if it's got any traction. So I don't know, I think it just depends. Depends on timeline, depends on what the idea is. You got any billion dollar ideas over there you're hoarding from us? Yeah, let's, let's hear some of them. <laughs> let's hear some of them. <laughs> Mom, mom's the word. Uh, <laughs> um, so like, we gotta wrap this up in a second, but before we do, you know, I asked you like what your hype song was. Right. And and you said what was it? It was an Ice Cube song. Yeah, it was like, I mean, but it was really because of a TikTok, right? So, like, yeah. well, but what was the song? Um, I think it was you know how we do it. I'm really you bad know. with song names. Okay, you know but, how we do it yeah. by Ice Cube. Yes. And so what? There's some sort of TikTok happening around the song right now. So it was a really short snippet of one. It was a TikTok about Publix throughout the decades, um, and it was the '90s version, and it was just so nice. Um, so I looked it up, and it was just very flowy. Okay, so that um. so you're like. I got this flowy 90s vibe. I like how, I, I love how like, you notice like TikTok has really uh, brought the new generation of students up in terms of their music culture. Have, ice, have you seen ice a lot relevant. of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you've seen a lot of these like TikToks, they're like all these old school songs. Um, so, so are you on, t so you're on TikTok? Yes, but I don't really post anything. You don't? I just like just, to. You just watch, you consume. Yeah. 
but I definitely delete it and re-download it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you do that? Um, because it can be um, very time consuming. I'm not sure if they do this on purpose, but you can't see the time on the top. So you have no idea for how long you're scrolling for. They absolutely do this on purpose. Why do you think it's like infinity scrolling? Yeah, like you, no, it never <laughs> ends. You can keep going and going and mm-hmm. going. Have you seen The Social so. Dilemma? Um, no, I haven't, but I've heard that it's really good. Yeah, have you seen it? I know. I okay, I want you to watch it, and I want to. Maybe we should talk about that on a future podcast. Like Anybody who it's on Netflix, okay. I think. Yes, I, I'm it pretty is. sure it's on Netflix. Um, it's called The Social Dilemma. You should absolutely watch it. I mean, the it, it's fascinating about. I mean, it's, it's it's really created by the creators of these platforms, and it talks about like why they're created this way, and like you know, it's all about keeping you hooked, right? I, I love the reference. There was like some sort of quote that, you know, only only drug dealers and software companies refer to those uh, who use their things, use their products as users. users. You know, and I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, that's so true. <laughs> you know, and that's because that's what they're selling. They're selling you. Like mm-hmm. you are the product. Your attention is the product. And so, so it's fast. I mean, it was fascinating. But just even even on the political aspects and like fake news. News, not fake news, and like the the whole, you know, really just uh, recommended videos. You know, you watch one video, or they're gonna show you another one that you really want to watch. They're gonna show you another one, and so like that's their whole goal is to keep yeah. you on the platform for as long as possible. The so. more you watch, the more yeah. smarter the. Yeah. The next video you want to see is uh, so I guarantee that oh it's definitely it's personalized definitely, it's like, definitely on 100%. purpose to keep you know to keep you on the platform so you don't realize how much time you've wasted exactly uh, there I mean that's pretty fascinating what about you Lawson are you on TikTok no no I, I mean I was it was eating up too much of my day yeah really, okay yeah so it's you know it's super interesting because like in that social media class I was talking to I told them I'm like hey two semesters ago I was going to the University of Florida speaking on social media and mm-hmm. and talking about these platforms and. I said, who in here is on TikTok? And everybody laughed. Mm-hmm. Like everybody laughed like, like, oh my gosh, no way, I would never. <laughs> right? Like that was the attitude. Everybody laughed. And uh, and there was no hands that went up. Well, I went to the same class and spoke the next semester. Well, there was a good handful of hands that had gone up and there weren't a ton of uh, laughs. Like everybody was like, well, it was almost accepted at this point. And now like everybody is at least had it. Uh, it's super interesting, why did you delete it? Just because it was a time suck? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just real uh, like I love your self-awareness there. Like <laughs> you were just aware, aware that you were spending so much time on the platform, just wasting time that you're like, I gotta delete this. Yeah, I mean the idea popped in my head to just get rid of it. And I realized how much I like brainlessly go and look for it on my phone to the point where like I stopped doing that. But I just like like I wasn't self-aware of it at first on like how much time it took. But then like when I started realizing I just would like instinctively pick up my phone and look for it. And I'd like catch myself and be like, I'm not even like thinking about anything right now. I just like this is like my instinct to go to this thing, so I just, yeah. Uh, That's so interesting. Can you make a rehab clinic that yeah, breaks the shackles <laughs> of social media dependency and you call it detox, D-E-T-O-K-S. <laughs> There's your billion dollar idea. There's your billion dollar idea right there. See, that's what happens. Start new businesses, right? (laughs) Uh, No, in the credits of that show, they talked about, like one of the things they said was to absolutely shut off notifications. Because, you know, like you think about like Facebook in the early days where it was like, oh, you were tagged in a picture. Mm -hmm. Well, you're gonna go check the picture. Right. Right? And they're not gonna just like put it in your email box. They would send you an email says that you were tagged in a photo, but now you gotta like go to the platform to check the photo that you were tagged in, and you're absolutely gonna do it. It's the dopamine hit. It's like, oh, I got a notification. I got a like on this. It's like this, mm-hmm. you know. It is except an addiction. It is an addiction. Except for those heathens out there that have like three thousand three hundred and fifty-four unread emails, and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> those <laughs> people exist, and I don't understand. <laughs> how do you do that? Yeah. Uh, well, you were saying earlier about how like not everyone, like everyone was laughing at the idea of TikTok at first. It was like it was pretty interesting because I know like between people I know, like when they first started advertising, it was on like maybe Snapchat or something. It was like a, just, they would advertise in a weird way that made, pe- that turned people off to it really quickly. Like it just seemed like a, a wannabe Vine or like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But then like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the click was that how they finally infiltrated after being The click was of. old people. 
because what happened was we started jumping on there. <laughs> we started making content and showing the kids how it's done, and that's where it stuck. No, I don't know. <laughs> interesting to know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it is super interesting. I don't know what, but I mean, Vine was super popular though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but they didn't really monetize it. Like TikTok is doing really well at monetizing it, and then like incentivizing its creators to stay on because I know they have like. Not sure if it's called the Creator Fund, but they're starting to get paid for making TikToks. All right, so how do you know that? Uh, like, are you guys advertising on TikTok? Um, no, we're not advertising on TikTok, but um, like I've seen it as I go on TikTok, like something for um, getting like Subway or something that, okay. yeah, that they know that I would love. And then the way they, when they do their ads, it's very effective because it's not just like, um, like a billboard, like it's a video and it's a TikTok. So sometimes you don't even recognize it's an advertisement. Um, and a lot of businesses, like I remember seeing something about like someone roller skating and that what, like those roller skates, like when she published like what roller skates they were, they were sold out and everyone is freaking out about like, where can I get roller skates? Right. Um, so it's very influential. I mean, that's definitely, Oh man, not to go down a whole marketing hole because we could get stuck there forever. It's definitely a passion of mine. Uh, but the, you know, the, the more the ad looks like a mm-hmm. regular TikTok, yeah, the more successful it's going to be. If exactly. it doesn't come across the feed as looking like an ad, then mm-hmm. you're going to win. From the beginning, they're just set up for success in the ad department because they already right. have like the information on what video they're going to send you next. So they are, they just had demographics down they just need someone to punch in like who they want to market to and then pops up so all that stuff is stored so are you guys on anything else i mean besides like tiktok is there like another platform that you guys are seeing that's up and coming that the rest of us might not know about yet (laughs) not really up and coming like i know i use snapchat a lot but i did turn off notifications okay but um yeah i think like everyone's kind of like used to TikTok because it just takes up so much time. There's really not, not time for anything else. And the videos are really like short and like you're, it's easy to like reach out to strangers. So I think those are like the two biggest strengths of TikTok like for our generation. And so like they're not really having any holes other than privacy, but that's another thing. Yeah. I think um, most of the market for like what you're sharing about your personal life is covered like through Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. Um, I think where like TikTok like broke that was just like so much comedy, Entertainment. so much like political nonsense or so much whatever to get you hooked because yep. it, it really wasn't like no one's posting their like family vacation and like picture of them and their friends just to show people. It's always got like some comedic hook or like mm-hmm. story or whatever. It's and all it's super bite size. Like they started yeah. at 15 seconds, right, and then they expanded them to 60. So are they up to 60? Is it 60 seconds? Yeah, you can do it to a minute, I think. So yeah, it's super, I mean, it's super interesting. So what time, like how, which platform do each of you spend the most time on? I was on Instagram the most. The most? I definitely like delete and re-download that one too. Just cause. That's so fascinating (laughs) to you. Why not just like shut it (laughs) off? Or no. like hide it on like the last that screen. Or just instinctively, it doesn't work. Because I mean, you like, can just type it in. So you literally delete it and re-download it. Yeah, I mean, I always thought it was weird because I had friends that did that in like maybe high school, and high school was like a different setting because it was like, oh, I have to have this, or like, I don't know. It was just the atmosphere around it was different. But now I just like don't feel like I want to be connected to it that much. Okay. But I don't know. Are, do you have a Facebook account? I do, but only for like, because such and such website needed me to have a Facebook to log in or like, it's really not for. for this use. is the stuff that fascinates me. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, so literally to log into other websites yeah, because they had like just, log in with I Facebook. I just aged yeah, exactly. too. Here <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, we use Facebook to reach out to our students. That's our most effective platform. I think students, at least at UF, use Facebook just to like, um, get involved, like see things in the community, like the free and for sale or mm-hmm. telling textbooks or learning about new store- student organizations. But other than um, updating my family like once every six months and using it for involvement, I don't really use Facebook either. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. 
So what platform, you said Snapchat the most? So, okay, so it, it depends if TikTok is um, downloaded or right. not. <laughs> okay, so TikTok is downloaded. If t- okay, That's so your the, go-to? So the problem with TikTok when it's downloaded, it's not only my like For You page, it's also the things my friends send me because sometimes I literally once had to go through 100 videos um, because of how much she sent me. But um, I would say Snapchat is like the second most used because it allows me to update my friends on my life without having to like message each and every one of them. Okay, blanket statement. Mm-hmm. Most college students are on this platform. Yes. What, like which one? Oh. Uh, like what's like Instagram, out of Instagram? Sure. Like that's the platform that most college students are using today. I feel like that's home base for like a lot of stuff. I like that, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure everyone uses a little bit of everything, but I think that's like, the you agree? That's like the yeah, that's the guaranteed one. I'm not saying that's the one that they use the, spend the most time on, but um, yeah, for right now, like that's their foundation. Like if they're gonna check something, it probably means. <laughs> Especially after was it Facebook that bought Instagram? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that they got a deal. They I mean, stole it for a billion dollars. They were already pretty big, but like Instagram was already pretty big. But I've, I'm not sure anything really changed. I just think that that seemed to spike things. I don't know, but. And they're like, um, Instagram has TikToks on there and they're starting to like implement little things from TikTok um, onto their page. Yeah, it's interesting so. how they do that, huh? <laughs> they all copy each other. They all see what works on other platforms. I mean, LinkedIn, um, as of two days ago, because this is recording on September 29th, yeah, on like the 26th or 27th, just started doing stories on LinkedIn. Wow. So are you guys on LinkedIn? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, if there's any college students listening, I would definitely encourage you to definitely be building out your portfolio, if you will, on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I mean, it's super fascinating. I can I can keep going down that rabbit hole all day long because I'm just so fascinated by like why like why even have a Facebook account if you're not using it? Is it just to stay in touch with grandma or what? <laughs> you know, and then like the I mean that I don't know. All of it's just really really fascinating. I, I just I love social media. Um, and really how it's used to grow business. So does your organization have social media accounts? Yes, we have Facebook, Instagram. Um, we also have YouTube that we're going to start posting on, but for Facebook, it's just Gator Electric Racing with spaces in between, but on Instagram, there are no spaces. Okay. Um, so yeah, those are Is that the primary. best place to find you guys? Uh, yes. Is there a website, phone number, anything like that? If somebody wanted to get in touch with you? We're currently working on a website, okay. but Facebook would be the best place to go to um, business-wise, but if you're a student, it's great to um, follow our Instagram because we post on our stories often, especially when we host virtual shop hours. Cool, love it. Awesome. Anything else, Mike? No, I mean, it's been fascinating. I, I keep thinking about all the social media platforms and I think about the, it was like a movie that has like the Breakfast Club, like the old ladies movie, and it was like a platform for each of the characters in the Breakfast Club, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I think. For sure. yeah, it's been forever. It, but... oh, it's been forever since I've seen those. Though. I need to go right. back and like. But like, they each have like their own niche. Like, like Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Like, like when I found out that you're like the old person if you have Facebook and use Facebook, that's, like, that's what uh, really just made me cringe. Well, I mean, like last night, I'm like telling this class, you know, because they're all like, why, why is this guy even into social media? I'm like, well, I started my company in March of 2004. And a month prior, there was this little startup. It was called Facebook. The Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and so I'm like, you, a lot of people don't remember this, but the University of Florida, like you had to have a ufl.edu account to get on Facebook. It was created for college students. It blows people's minds down. Like, yeah, it was for college students. The University of Florida was the 21st school to have it. And I was one of those first UF students to be on Facebook. So like I've grown, I grown up <laughs> with the platform, you know? And so it's super interesting to see what, like why people, why the next generation jumped on one platform and how they're trying to either avoid, you know, it all started at first cause they wanted, they didn't want mom and dad to see what they're doing. So they jumped right. on the Instagram and then Snapchat. And then like, it's just like this, you know, just what people grasp onto next and why is just super interesting to me. I love it. So. Anyway, I would definitely, to wrap this up, I would definitely say definitely watch The Social Dilemma. I think it's just important for people to understand how these platforms really, uh, you know, are using you. I mean, it sounds terrible, but I mean, they are. And, uh, you know, it was was a super interesting watch, so definitely check it out. Um, Maybe they'll be our next sponsor. (laughs) 
the social dilemma. The social <laughs> <laughs> Start giving uh, you royalties. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, you guys, so like, we're gonna wrap this up, and but I just wanna, again, give special thanks to all of our sponsors that make this show possible. If you missed any of our sponsors' information, um, or if you wanna check out all the sponsors that support our show, definitely go to whoagnv.com forward slash sponsors. And uh, much love and appre- appreciation, excuse me, to our crew, James Leitner, who really produces and makes this thing happen, Sarah Lentz, who does all the social media and really gets us organized for a successful show, and Allison Madrina, who does so much behind the scenes, and of course, to my co-host, the amazing Aww. Michael Dees. Appreciate, Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. So, this is the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. whoa. Give us your best whoa. 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 <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Lawson's still chilling. <laughs> <laughs>